Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Anatoly Gaifman. He is the CEO and co-founder of Carevoyance, a healthcare sales enablement solution for life sciences that is doing extraordinary work for drawing out value propositions for companies looking to express that clearly. Anatoly came to work in healthcare early in his career, starting off as the lead engineer on one of the first HIPAA-compliant benefits communication products for enterprises. He continued to work with large healthcare data sets and HR soft before becoming the chief architect at Ambra Health, a cloud-based medical imaging company. It was there at Ambra that Anatoly saw the need for high-quality data to inform sales execution, which germinated the idea for Carevoyance. We're thrilled to have them on the podcast today, and it's such a unique platform that they're using to reach customers and for sales teams to reach their customers in a clear way. Anatoly, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks, Saul. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So tons of great stuff being done by your company, Carevoyance. And so before we dive into really the, the meat and bones of what you guys do there, I'd love to first park and find out more about you and, and what inspires your work in healthcare. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so I started working in healthcare, actually, when I was still in high school. Um, I just happened to luck out and, and find uh, an internship working on one of the first HIPAA-enabled uh, systems that uh, for uh, human resources management. So that really uh, started my love for working with large data sets and working with privileged data like that. I continued that with some other gigs, um, specifically around medical imaging. Um, and that's really where I started learning about the difficulty that companies have selling in healthcare. So with uh, my medical imaging gig, um, first I was the chief architect of a company called Ambra Health. Um, it was a big digital uh, medical imaging vendor. And then I switched over to more of a developer evangelist and sales engineering role. And that's where I really started looking at how companies that produce these great products go to market with them. And what inspires me uh, about healthcare, specifically my little corner of healthcare, is helping innovators take their market, their products to market. I think there's a lot of great innovation that's happening right now, especially with some digital innovation, machine learning, AI, and healthcare. But I think that the path to a successful product is still uh, it, it's still very hard to navigate. So that's what inspires me, getting these products to a wider audience and getting patients the right treatment at the right time, eventually through um, through the use of our product and, and obviously great innovation. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, that's so great. And there's so many opportunities for companies and, you know, the people leading them, the teams that are representing the great work that, you know, I mean, many of these companies we have on the podcast, Anatoly, you know, they, they just have great work and they have great products and services. And the pathway to get there, the go-to-market strategy isn't always super clear. And then on top of that, it's not easy to sell inside of our healthcare system and it takes forever. So, right. so. <laughs> all of those things are true. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And I think that there are a lot of products that end up failing, not because the products aren't successful, but because the go-to-market strategy is maybe not very well informed or maybe it's not very well executed. And so if I can do anything to help that, 
um, that that's where I decided to spend my time is helping entrepreneurs with the way that they go to market. I think it's great. And then our uh, vertical or the, our economy, our healthcare economy, it's so necessary. So tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing at Carevoyance to add value to the healthcare ecosystem of, of innovators. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'll start with the problem. I think the really big problem right now that we see, at least in our little corner of the healthcare economy, is data asymmetry. Um, it's, okay. you know, everyone makes decisions or at least everyone tries to make decisions in a data-driven way. So the acquisition of the data to make those decisions for your go-to-market or even your, your product strategy is still not democratized. Data is sometimes available and very granularly available and sometimes it's not available at all. Um, companies like Clairvoyance, what we're trying to do, and I, well, at least I'll speak for Clairvoyance <laughs> right now, what we're trying to do is we're trying to democratize access to this information, whether it's, you know, information about who's doing what types of services, what types of physicians are practicing the type of medicine that your uh, device is best for, or um, that your pharmaceutical product is the best patient for it. I think a lot of times that data is available, but traditionally it's only been available to the wealthiest players in our market. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, our goal is to democratize access to that. So even startups that may not have the backing of the largest VC firms uh, may not have $100 million in the bank um, can get access to it and really execute a great go-to-market. Yeah. And so and so, let's get granular here. What kind of data are we talking about? Well, there's a whole lot, right? So uh, if you think about how healthcare is performed, um, there's all sorts of information that goes into the systems of record of these at facilities and offices where patients are treated. So eventually that data flows through a number of intermediaries and um, goes into the insurance companies for payment uh, or maybe gets stored in the healthcare vaults of these hospitals. Um, and it could be billing data, it could be shards data, it could be notes data. It could be even imaging data. And there's a little bit of information in each of those aspects of the data continuum. Um, What we're trying to do is we're trying to stitch together a lot of these data sets into a holistic map of healthcare. So what physicians are in your universe of physicians, addressable market, let's say. What types of patients are they seeing? Not specific patients, of course, but at least the trends, right? So are, are they seeing patients with these conditions or these conditions? What types of um, modalities of care are they, uh, are they utilizing? Are they performing this type of procedure or that type of procedure? And then trying to give um, our customers a really clear view as to what their go-to-market strategy could be. If they're going after interventionists, for example, in, in pain, does it make sense to focus on folks that are performing you know, competitive interventions already? Or does it make sense to focus on folks that are maybe a little bit upstream of those interventions um, and give them a path to help their patients without necessarily sending them over to to another specialist? So really, you're you're getting specialized data on each account, each office, each facility to help deliver a message that that is really kind of, I guess, tailored to whatever that account's needs are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, In today's busy world, physicians nor salespeople have time to waste their time on fruitless pursuits. Physicians don't want to hear your story if it doesn't pertain to them. And you shouldn't be even telling it because you've got other things to do as a salesperson. So, you know, to increase efficiency in our market, hopefully to decrease the costs of at least the go-to-market cost, I think it's best to use data to uh, orient your sales um, and marketing strategies. And that's what we try to do. Love it. So what would you say makes what you guys do different or better than what else is out there? Sure. Um, so what else is out there, I guess, is the, real, <laughs> is the first question. 
we think that there are you know three generations of products or three generations of solutions right now in our space in the in the healthcare data space. You've got the vendors like IQVIA and Symphony Health, so traditional vendors that have been for years locking up data sources um, so they can you know sell them to their own customers. Those folks uh, generally have really great data sets, but maybe their um, execution on the, on top of those data sets could leave a lot to be desired for. So you end up, when you're a company um, that can afford that type of information, you end up getting a lot of spreadsheets. Um, so not super helpful for sales execution. And then you've got, um, you've got to have some an analysis on top of those spreadsheets. And then you've got to distribute that knowledge to your sales team, which is really difficult. So to address that, the second generation of companies uh, has come in about 10 years ago, and that's Definitive Healthcare and companies like them. And so what they do is they democratize a lot of that access. So it gives um, sellers or marketing folks an ability to go online, search really quickly for some of these CPT codes or whatever else that they're searching for and see the information in one place. So what we see as the downside of that approach is that it's information, it's not necessarily insights, and it's definitely not analyses that just get distilled into really quick actions. Mm-hmm. And so what we're trying to do is instead of giving you a spreadsheet and instead of giving you a spreadsheet on, online, we try to give you actionable insights right away. And I think that um, we think of ourselves as like the next generation data platform for healthcare. So instead of executing your sales strategy with, you know, how many CPT codes a physician performs, why not understand what, you know, the distribution of care is for this physician? I think that's much more valuable. Um, and it can help identify what are the right physician uh, opportunities for you as opposed to just looking at the top to bottom list of, you know, performers. Yeah, that's some good call outs there. And so talk to us a little bit about how you've improved business and maybe an example of how the platforms helped, you know, one of your customers get results. Yeah, absolutely. So we work with uh, a lot of capital equipment companies Mm -hmm. and the way that value-based care has has transformed the healthcare enterprise, um, at least, you know, the the facilities that perform a lot of care and that use capital equipment is that um, the clinical outcomes are still extremely important. But with a lot of vendors on the market that have very similar clinical outcomes, you have to start figuring out what what are the other outcomes that a hospital may benefit from a huge investment like a capital equipment investment or robotics investment, for example. And so, you know, one of the value propositions that our that our product has is that we help our customers paint that picture with real life data, specifically from that facility that they're selling into. And specifically with the service lines that, that their product services. Um, so some of the outcomes we get used in something like 75 to 90% of the deals that are capital equipment customers have in their pipeline. Mm-hmm. Out of those deals, we comprise the completely the financial outcomes portion of their presentation. So in other words, with our information, with our data, they're able to tell that story in a really cohesive way really quickly. And I think one of the most important things that's not that needs to be said is when you standardize on a particular story and you standardize on a particular set of data to tell it, you now have a fully enabled sales team that knows how to execute on that strategy. And so 
I think that's the most important thing that we do is once that story is established, anyone uh, from a person who doesn't like spreadsheets at all to a person who lives inside of spreadsheets, they can tell that story really quickly. Uh, and I think that's really important because then you have a lot more predictability around the, your deal flow and around your sales execution. Yeah, that's uh, super interesting. And so looking at that financial outcome story to be able to, to help a customer justify the purchase, what would you say has been one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced and and a key learning that came out of that as you guys have been building the platform, dealing with different customers and users? Yeah, absolutely. So early on, I think a lot of our, um, you know, obviously we're having setbacks all the time as a startup Mm -hmm. does. Uh, And if you don't, (laughs) you're definitely having them anyway. You're just not seeing them. Or Um, you're lying. (laughs) That's right. Or you're lying. (laughs) Benefit of the doubt. Um, Uh, but look, I think, I think a lot of our setbacks were, um, that we didn't really understand early on who our customers were. So we were selling our product to a traditional customer base that other products like ours have, which is strategy and marketing organization. And what we ended up seeing is that those folks would use our product. They would love it. But the information that, that, that we were presenting to them never distilled down to the sales team. And so we saw this, this huge gap between the marketing organization and the strategy organization that knew exactly what they were doing and they knew exactly who they wanted to, you know, who they wanted to approach in terms of their outreach on a more, you know, global level on a national level, let's say. Um, but on the sales execution side of things, it never really, it, it never really gelled there, right? So, so I think that was a really big setback for our business because we ended up being useful to a small number of people. And then we ended up sort of being ignored because at the end of the day, what distilled down to those folks were maybe a record in a spreadsheet. And so we made a pretty big pivot in 2018 and we went full on to service the sellers as opposed to the marketing and the strategy organization. In most of our customers today, our primary points of contact are sales organizations, sales VPs and directors of sales. Mm-hmm. And the way that we made that pivot, um, I read this great book um, by Clayton Christensen from Harvard Business School. He passed away last year. It's called Competing Against Luck. And when I read that book, I was like, it just, it just clicked for me. That is- what, is the, what is the job to be done that we're helping folks to do, right? So the job to be done is not to download a spreadsheet and the the job to be done is not to see who the top performers are in in a state. The job to be done is to help sell the product in a way that we know how, which is to, you know, to, to give this financial outlook to, uh, to understand utilization and to be able to paint that return on investment picture. And so that was the result of our pivots, just understanding our customers and how they're using it. And then lots and lots of customer interviews, we, we sort of came back from that. And, you know, that's been paying dividends. And it also, luckily enough, very nicely differentiates us against other folks in our industry. Uh, because I think that's we're awesome. the only ones who really have like a, a seller focus on, on in our market. That's pretty cool. You found your, your message resonating with the marketing and strategy folks, but it wasn't reaching that front line where you guys felt the biggest value was with the insights and you pivoted and, it, and it's worked ever since. And, you know, being able to to paint this financial ROI story is something that is critical. You know, if you're trying to get your solution to market, if you can't tell that ROI story, forget about it. You're dead in the water. 
And it's pretty neat that you were able to, uh, you know, figure out a way to, to piece it together. And now there, there's an opportunity for everybody listening to actually uh, take advantage of this. So Anatoly, congrats on that pivot. And, you know, here you are today, you know, two years after that. What are you most excited about today? Thanks. I really appreciate that, Sal. So obviously there's a lot to not be excited about today, but we won't talk about that right now. Right. Um, look, I think I think we're going through a huge healthcare transformation. And I think the way that healthcare is sold today is going to change very dramatically in the next, you know, five years. And I think there are a few trends um, that are being very quickly accelerated by the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States. Um, I think the movement to value-based care is going to get accelerated tremendously. And so what I'm excited about is you know, changing the way that we think about ROI and being more holistic about patient outcomes and 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 other attributes of you know non-financial attributes um, as inputs into these into the return on investment, right? So, is the return on investment purely financial, or is the return on the investment uh, a community return and a patient level return? And I think um, so. We already are thinking about and working on you know c- capturing all of these inputs um, to present a more comprehensive story um, as our you know, reimbursement uh, landscape changes um, and the way that we sell into these facilities changes. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And you, you, you called it. I mean, we are in the middle of a healthcare transformation. Value-based care is, is becoming more real. You know, we're starting to see digital health technologies be more widely accepted, telehealth, so what are what are you doing to transform with it? Uh, otherwise, you're going to get left behind in the work that Anatoly and his team are doing to help you drive uh, sales sales efforts that are uh, tuned into what your customers are doing are is the future. So definitely a great opportunity to learn more from them. But uh, I'll let uh, Anatoly let you know where to go before we conclude here. I love if you could just share a closing thought, Anatoly, and and uh, the best place where the listeners could learn more and also get in touch with you and your team. I appreciate that, Saul. Thanks. Look, I mean, the last six months in the United States, you know, from um, this is end of July, but really February to July, accelerated so many trends that were just pretty slowly ramping up, but accelerated them 10x, right? So work from home, value-based payments for care. Um, but also things like telehealth and remote patient monitoring and chronic condition management, all these things that we could rely on to be done in the office are now done somewhere else, right? And I think these are huge trends that everyone needs to be aware of. Even implantable devices have to be aware of it. If you didn't see, but you know, Abbott just got clearance for having patients control their implantable neurostimulators with their own iPhones. And that's a huge change, right? And uh, I think that's part of this trend. And so if you're looking to understand how these things are working, we'd love to talk with you. Our website is carevoyance.com, like clairvoyance, but with care. Um, And you can always email us at hello at carevoyance.com. And we'd love to talk with you. Love it, Anatoly. Folks, take them up on that. You know, today is the day that you could make that choice to take your business to that next level. And Carevoyance is doing some really neat stuff. They they integrate Salesforce. Uh, I think they're onto something here. So uh, check them out, carevoyance.com. And Anatoly, just want to say thanks again for jumping on with us. This has been a lot of fun. Likewise, thanks all. And I appreciate your time as well. <laughs>